Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on Buckets, Board, and Blocks, we are in week two of our new era with me, King McClure, Monica McNutt. We have All-American, one of my college teammates, ready to go. But first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Thanks, Darlene. King, that wasn't that was pretty good for your first pre-tease officially on our show. Uh, shout out to hey, you. I, I tried to do my best Monica McNutt impression. You nailed it. Uh, <laughs> listeners, it's myself, Monica McNutt, you're used to me, and our new co-host, King McClure, stepping into a new era. Uh, we got your boy coming up on the show. I'm super excited for that. But last week, we had Tim Scarborough on. The TVT is back. So three teams now have had to drop out because of COVID. But I got to say, it felt really good to watch live basketball again this weekend. No, I definitely felt good to watch live basketball and watch, you know, people actually playing in real time instead of watching throwbacks and watching Jordan throwbacks. Seeing people playing in real time. I mean, a lot of dudes I played against growing up and even in college. It felt good to see a lot of familiar faces. I texted Tim. Because, oh man, you know how in this pandemic all of our days run together. I think Tuesday, Tuesday or Monday, Challenge ALS lost to Sideline Cancer. Mm-hmm. And I definitely texted Tim like, this the Challenge ALS team that you had going to the finals? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I jinxed him. It's my fault. And he's like, but Sideline Cancer is really good. Uh, Mo Harkless, familiar with that dude. Marcus King, they played well. It's exciting. I'm I'm still curious to see if we're going to make it all the way to the end safely. But so far, so good, minus mm-hmm. those three teams that got out of competition before they could bring the virus with them. Yeah, I was sad to see. Um, one thing Tim was right is my Baylor boys got knocked out pretty early. Uh, <laughs> so he was right about that. That prediction was um, very much so correct. So uh, still a little upset about that, but it's okay. But like you said, it, it was great. Uh, Marcus King, yeah, he he went crazy. Uh, he, he's really good. I mean, even in college, the guy was he probably scored over way over two thousand. He's just a bucket getter. He's from Where'd San Antonio. He he's in Texas. Another another Texas product. What college did he go to? He went to a smaller school. Um, I, that's gonna kill me because I, I mean I know this. It's but he played with Tory and Prince. Oh. Um, and in San Antonio, he's a Texas product because Texas produces hoopers, real hoopers. It's my, um, hey, Bruce, is, well, <laughs> is, is the intro still say that DC ballers are the smartest? Just checking in with producer Bruce one time. 
Uh, <laughs> yes, that's a staple of the show. Thank you. Just want to make sure that that's out there. Uh, but speaking of... Look, just because you're the smartest don't mean you're the best. <laughs> Listen, basketball IQ gets you the farthest, okay? Just pure talent is not enough. But anyway, we're not going to have this debate because we've got one of your homeboys waiting in the wings. I can't wait to get a little bit of tea on King McClure in a Baylor uniform. Uh, on the other side of the break, we've got Jared Butler. This week's guest is Jared Butler of Baylor University, a man that my co-host... Hmm. <laughs> All right, my co-host is quite familiar with. Jared grew up in Reserve, Louisiana. He turns 20... Oh, my God, you guys are such babies. He turns 20 years old on August 25th, and his resume is beyond impressive. This past season, as a sophomore, he was first-team All-Big 12 and third-team All-American. Back in January, he put up a cool 22 as the Bears defeated Kansas for its first-ever win at Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence. And guess what? He's not taking his talents back to school. He declared for the 2020 NBA draft. Pause. I am a grown man. Why are you ever calling me a baby? I am a grown yeah. man. Kind of, kind of offensive. But. All right. Okay, I'm sorry. Is that yeah. the world we're in now? Kind of offended a little bit, but it's okay. Okay, okay you guys it's are okay. so much younger than me. There we go. How about that? Monica, it's okay. You look like you're about 22 and a half. Really? You really do? <laughs> but look, Jared Butler, somebody I'm very familiar with. My guy, man, we go back um, all the way until your official visit at Baylor when you didn't choose us, which I have not forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that, huh? He, he, he took his official to Baylor, looked me in my face and said, you know, I really like you as a person, but I'm not coming here. I did not say that. <laughs> There's no shot I said that. No you didn't say that. that. <laughs> so you didn't say that. You definitely interpreted you definitely said that, that. that I said that. I could have said something else, but you probably interpreted that's what I said. <laughs> but there's no shot I said those exact words. But oh, yeah. interesting enough, what brought you to bed since you didn't want to come on the official? Uh, one more time. One more time. What brought you to Baylor since you didn't want to come on the official? Uh, well, that's that's a very long story. Uh, it depends on how we much time we have, but... We got time. We got time. Wow. Uh, ooh, I, I might get in some trouble for talking about all this. But so I did. I did commit to uh, Alabama, and I enrolled. Uh, I got there for the summer, just like every other athlete. Um, you know, Alabama was where I was going. Avery Johnson, he had me. You know, tied up. You know, just Alabama was a great school. I thought it was the place where, you know, I was going to end up for my whole college career. And uh, just some unfortunate things happened to where uh, it was, I was forced to leave, not leave school, but uh, look for an opportunity to play somewhere else. And uh, Baylor was a school that was fortunately and uh, just so graciously uh, a place where I can play. And uh, that's kind of how I ended up at Baylor. And uh, I'm just thankful for Baylor and then all the, all the opportunities I got from being at Baylor. But, uh, but that's about it. That's um you did well with that story. I don't think you'll get any in any trouble for that story. <laughs> That's well told. Um yeah. all right, Jared. So you guys, okay, first of all, let's let's have an honest, kindest, candid conversation. You didn't get to play an NCAA tournament this year. Like 
Where were you when you guys got the news that everything was shutting down? I had the Big 12 men's tournament started yet? Yeah, we were actually in the hotel ready to play our first game. And we woke up, you know, you know getting ready to play whatever. And they called us down to, you know, the little lobby area uh, meeting place. And they told us that we weren't going to have a game. Uh, we we kind of figured things were going to happen because we uh, some teams played uh, earlier that morning uh, without fans. So we were like, maybe we're going to play without fans. But then they eventually just told us they're not going to play the game at all. And they're going to cancel the tournament. And uh, and then the day started just rolling downhill. Like we got that news, and then like an hour and a half or two hours later, we got the news that uh, uh, I think uh, like the rest of you know March Madness probably weren't gonna play that. It was just like just a roll downhill down roll of just bad news, and it was a kind of a sad day for just any college athlete, I think, or just a person in general with the the whole coronavirus. But yeah. The college athlete piece, that's so real. So what did, like, what did coach say? Like, what, what does that conversation even look like internally to y'all? Yeah, every, I think everybody took it differently, especially, like, the head coach. Uh, you know, just from outside looking in, he's a head coach. We're, you know, going to be really good in the March Madness tournament. We're, we're projected number one seed. Uh, in the Big 12 tournament, we, we could have won that, especially uh, for a senior. You're like, this is my last game, and I didn't know I played my last game. Uh, for somebody like me, it's like, you know, I think I think of those opportunities to play in those big tournaments as just a way to, you know, get better and, and, and put on for the name of Baylor. But everybody took it differently. And it was just kind of sad because I, at, at some point, everybody felt some of the same emotion of just, you know, we played our last game and we didn't know it. And uh, so that was kind of sad, just the room full of guys. And we, we poured our hearts out, too. So that was kind of kind of sad. But, yeah. I mean... Of course, but had you played that game, Jared, and you would have had no fans in the stands, what would have been running through your mind? Oh man, the thought of it! I, I when I heard the initial thought of it, my initial reaction was like, "I'm not playing without fans." Like that's that that takes the whole point of the game away. That's, okay, that's LeBron, do you think you're LeBron? Yeah. I, no, I didn't think I was LeBron. That was my that was my first reaction. And um, the, and then I got to learn more about the coronavirus and just the the you know the safety precautions. And I was like, well, you're right. We, we shouldn't play without fans. Um, but my first initial reaction was, I'm not playing without fans. That's going to take the whole element of a game away. You know. So. So what was your highlight of that season? I mean, I know you didn't play in the tournament. What was your highlight of that season? Uh, tangible wise, as just a team, I think. Uh, winning at Kansas was kind of like a monumental moment yes, just for our our program, and uh, yes, <laughs> it was yes, just a sir. monumental moment for our program and uh, just you know our growth as just uh, you know the the program at Baylor. I think that was probably the highlight of the moment. But I think intangibly, I think the the relationship we had with the teammates in the locker room, like I feel like this team was really really close knit and we all were focused on the same goal and we all sacrificed for the greater goal. And, uh, and I think we reaped the benefits of all that. So that like tangibly, yeah, de definitely winning at Kansas, but intangibly, man, the relationships I've built with, with the guys and just locker room was, was tremendous. We obviously Corona has shifted the focus I'll say, but I think in hindsight, when we're forgetting about what was a, What's the right word I want here? 
a, a crazy, like a kind of wild, a really fun college basketball regular season in terms of number ones dropping, yeah. falling, like upsets, the whole thing. Um, but you guys kind of were starting to emerge at just the right time. You finished the season at what, 15 and three, I think? Yeah, uh, we actually had kind of a bad down uh, downhill season, but yeah. I think for us staying number one for the longest out of everybody, yeah, it, it definitely showed how, you know, how consistent we were and how sometimes we were overlooked with the rankings. But yeah, I can definitely agree with, with what you said. But uh, yeah. So what happened? Why? Why? What happened? Tell me about the downhill. <laughs> so I, I would say complacency. We were fighting that and being, you know, the the best team in the Big Twelve history, the winning streak, uh, just winning teams, and and almost like going to practice thinking like, yeah, we can go through this, but we're gonna turn it on. Not turn it on, but we knew we were good enough to win the game. And then we were fighting the fact that teams were wanting to get in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, when teams are desperate, shots go in. Uh, when teams are desperate, people who normally don't make shots make shots. Uh, and, you know, that, and, that's, and that's the two things we were fighting. So I think uh, the product of us losing some of the games that we probably shouldn't have lost was a product of us losing against those battles against those, those two things. Mm. Good answer. So as a point guard, okay, as a point guard, knowing that y'all just came out the regular season, Y'all lost your last like two, three out of four, something like yeah. that. What was it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Going into the tournament in the postseason, you're not the momentum is not on your favor. What do you do as a point guard in order to get your team back focused and locked in? Oh, that's a great question. I think um, as a point guard, you gotta uh, almost uh, act in a way and. Uh, give off a certain vibe whenever you're doing going through the motions or you know doing things at, at practice and, and and the way you walk on the bus the way you you know approach layup lines like you got to give off this vibe that uh you know it's a clean slate like basketball is a game of just uh you know forgetting onto the next play type mentality and uh, I think as a point guard you have to you have to in a way act uh uh, and and understand that fact about basketball, and I think that can uh, translate to other people, and people feel the same way. And in return, we we realize that it's a tournament, it's a new game, it's a new game, new opportunity, and a chance for us to uh, show something that we didn't show in the last game. So I think that's something as a point guard you can do. What would you say, Jared, for people scouting you? If you had to scout yourself, what's the strength of your game? <laughs> mm, yeah. Bro, wait, can I answer this first? Let me answer this sure. first. <laughs> Good point. Good point. You got to think. What Let is me this answer thing? this first. So if I was to scout Jared Butler, I'm initially taking away the three. Initially, I'm taking away the three. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm telling my, my my defender to not bite for any of the side-to-side fakes. Just stay solid because Jared, Jared's type play, he wants to shift you. If he gets any ability to shift you, then he sees the lane and he can attack. Okay. So that's right. I'm making Jared a driver. And Jared, I mean, he finishes well, but his three ball is deadly. So we're getting to the point where I'm making Jared a, a driver. And to be honest, I'm really making Jared a pull-up shooter because I'm making him shoot a pull-up too. So I'm taking away the three, and I'm going to have a big in the paint ready for him at all times and try to make him shoot pull-up twos because he really does not shoot that many pull-up twos. But his pull-up three and his getting to the cup, getting to the rim, be able to draw contact, is elite. Hold on, pull up. How accurate was that? Coming off the screen on the three or just catch a shoot? It don't even matter. He (laughs) catches, shoot, 
pull up off the the ball screen, coming to ISO, getting separation. Jerry just gonna he's gonna pull the three. Okay, so King gave his little scout report. He make you do the old school uh, <laughs> or pull up uh, in the paint. What you got? Yeah, I think I can I could agree with King a lot. Uh, but what what I see as a defender, if you're telling me what I have to do, uh, if you know my game, one of my favorite moves is like the the hezzy. So like it's almost like a I can either yeah. shoot or go to the goal. And when yeah. you tell the defender take away the three then that means you're susceptible to just falling from my head every single time because, you know, I, I'm winning the <laughs> shoot three every time. So uh, I think that's a problem where, where you – in your scouting report. But, yeah, I think I definitely real one on uh, making me a driver and take away the three because I do think the threes are, are worth more than two, so I'm going to take more threes. And uh, so <laughs> that's kind of my philosophy on it. But I also think I'm, I'm very good at uh, making plays out of, out of nothing and uh, being able to always create and always get past my defender if I need to be. And, and that's either to make a shot for somebody else or make a shot for myself. And uh, also I can play defense. Like most people don't think I can play defense, but in time, <laughs> in time people, I, I, I've, gotten, I've gotten a lot of credit for being able to play defense. And uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to change the narrative. The narrative is what the narrative is, but the, the perception, trying to change the perception of me being able to play defense. Um, excuse me. This podcast has not. <coughs> excuse me. I'm legitimately clearing my throat. This podcast has not yet graduated to video. But for our lovely listening audience, I want you to know that King's face when Jared said that he <laughs> is a defender indicates survey says wrong. But anyway, um, we're gonna we believe in Jared. I mean, the numbers bear it out, though. You shot 38% from behind the arc, uh, took six threes a game, hit almost three of them. So definitely have to respect you from the three-point line. Who is your basketball template in terms of a guy whose game you've tried to mirror and glean from? Yeah. Uh, I would say there's, like, different types of guys you look at. Like, uh, I think I'm a Fred Van Fleet guy. Mm. Um you know, I can look at him and be like, wow, what he's doing is something that I could do and something that I can translate. And then I look at guys like Damian Lillard and I'm like, that's who I want to be. You see what I'm saying? So there's, I think there's a difference between who I am and who I want to be. Uh, so I think those two guys, Fred Van Fleet or a guy like Devontae Graham and what he's doing in the league and, you know, this is, that's uh, yeah. uh, those are two guys I think that are can resemble my game. And then guy like Damian Lillard, uh, I like – uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say Damian Litter and like um, CJ McCollum. Those are probably two guys that I want to be. And you know, you're bigger than them, though, aren't you? Uh, I'm six three, and I think they're both oh. like six three. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I, in my head, whenever I think of them, I always think like Chris Paul, like six one, like smaller. I don't know why I always have them smaller mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, okay, those are all solid point guards for sure. All right, so you posted a video the other day on Instagram. Of you dunking, and I've known you for about two, three years. Played with you for a whole season. You would have thought I would have seen you dunk multiple times in that year. <laughs> but I probably only saw you dunk maybe once. Like, Jerry's the person, like, when you when they dunk in the warm-up lines, you get hyped for them because they never really make one. So you get hyped. He gets the whole thing. <laughs> so oh, That's true. This is so what true. have you been doing? What have you been doing to improve your bounce? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've just been 
thankful for the quarantine and the coronavirus because I've gotten a chance to work on my balance, work on my body. And uh, I'm not going to tell you all the secrets, the exercise that I've been doing, but uh, trust me, exercise like straight leg deadlifts and uh, being more flexible. I think that's also helped me a little bit, but uh, really just spending every day in the gym working on my legs. And uh, I've, I've seen some benefits of it uh, in the video and just playing pickup, being able to dunk three, four times in the pickup. And that's that's really different for me. Like, I, I've never done that. Like, you know. <laughs> OK, so look. That that brings me to two questions. Uh, King brought up Instagram, so I'm definitely scrolling on Instagram. And this lovely little picture of high school you <laughs> at Riverside. This is so precious. I have to use mature words because I know you guys are men. You guys are grown men. Whatever. Anyway, um, what do you think? How has your game grown most from Riverside with your squad? Somebody's on a fake cell phone in this picture. Oh, no, those are real cell phones. Anyway. How, how much has your game grown since you got to this? Bro, wait, 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 wait. Before, before she answers this, bro, do you see how, like, certain women, like, just go and, like, they start insta-stalking? That's like, crazy. Like, she's, like, she's the ever This is research. What right, are you talking about? Just, <laughs> this is research. They call it research. No. <laughs> Don't worry, King. I'm not going to chop your little friend off. It's fine. That's funny. That's funny you uh, you brought up that picture. That brings back some memories. But, um, I think as a player, I think I've evolved a lot just from learning about the game and like learning how to read a ball screen, how learning how to uh, play defense, learning how to accept coaching a little better than I than I did when I was in high school. Uh, there's so many things that you you just grow as a person that help you grow in, in the basketball court, and I think that's that's what uh, a lot happened to me. And um, yeah, but at the same time, I do think I'm the same person that I was when I was in high school, meaning that I'm still relentless. I'm still, you know, fearless, you know, when I play the game. I still approach the game in the same way. So I think that's a good aspect of it. But at the same time, I was also, I've also grown in so many ways, but I still think I'm the same person. So, yeah. How much more weight have you put on? Because you, you were smaller. No, I mean, I was like, I was like 175, maybe 85, maybe 80 in high school. And now I'm like 195. Okay, so your game, obviously, I like what you said in that you're still the same hardworking, like, focus. It was your personality that got you to the success at Baylor. And then just being in an environment where the talent level grows. So the next step for you is the NBA. When you look and you talk to the people that make up your council and your circle, what would you like to add on to your game to take it to even the next level? Yeah, well, that's a tough question. Just because you don't know what situation you're going to go in and what situation you're going to be in for a team. Uh, so I think for me, I think I need to be uh, as open and willing to be to play in the role that I'm I'm placed in. So whether I'm on a you know championship playoff contending team, I need to be able to accept my role. And that's you know whether that's you know setting the table for guys that you know can score or playing defense or or, or or being in the second unit of of a team, of an offensive team, uh, I need to be able to be willing to that. Or if I'm placed in a position where I need to play a lot, I need to be able to set that role and, and, and figure out that role as quickly as possible. So I think uh, it's going to be hard because I don't know what situation I'm going into, but I think I got to be willing and open to, to everything and uh, take everything with the, pre- with the punches. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one thing I've always admired about you, bro, is how confident you were. And it's like the type of confidence to where, like, you shoot a shot, 
and coaches like, don't take that shot. And you like, yes, sir. But you come right down the very next possession and you take the same shot. Like, I know I can make this. And like, where, where did that come from? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I don't, I mean, I kind of know where it comes from. Definitely comes from God and me for sure. But as far as what, I don't know, brought me to it. My high school coach was kind of like lenient on shots. Like uh, Tweety Carter paid for, for my, my high school coach and he would take, you know, half footers right when he caught the cross half court. And uh, I think he gave me so much confidence in realizing that just because I miss it doesn't mean I can't make it. And uh, just because, you know, the coach don't think it's a good shot doesn't mean I think it's a, it's a, it's a bad shot. You know what I mean? This is and, dangerous. Uh, Wait a minute. This, this is dangerous <laughs> advice for our young listeners. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. It definitely is. But at the same time, at the same time, what most coaches don't want to admit is that even though you take a bad shot, if you make it, they're not saying anything. You know what I mean? Like if you could, because you said mm-hmm. if you can hit a half foot shot at forty percent, he's let you shooting it. So I mean, it's all about how much confidence you have in your shot. Okay, like, wait. Like, so. <laughs> time out. Time out on the play, really quickly. I need to insert this minor PSA. <laughs> it's not just about the confidence you have in your shot; it's about the work that you put into your shot. And so you, um, yeah. to a degree, Jerry, you obviously have earned Scott Drew's trust. Even though sometimes coaches and players don't always agree. Behind the scenes, you got to be putting in a lot of hours to earn a type of clout to be like, I got you, coach, and do the exact opposite thing. <laughs> and not, and not, get not. <laughs> right. not get subbed out. Yeah, that, that takes a lot. It definitely takes a lot. But, uh, man, I think if you – if where do you get confidence from? It's real pressing. Where do you get confidence from? Do you get confidence from, uh, you know, your feelings? Like, that's not the way to go about it. Do you get confidence from other people? That's not the way to go about it. If you get confidence from – the work you put in, I think that's the legitimate confidence, you know? And uh, you're totally right about that. Mm-hmm. I, I should have said that for sure. It's, it's, I told you I was going to help you get ready for the media gauntlet. That's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so we're getting ready for the process. Can you speak on NBA teams reaching out? Or, or like, I don't know what, like, or is that still? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think I can, a thousand percent. But, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail everything. But I have done uh zoom interviews or you know calls like this with at least uh 22 24 teams and uh each of them are probably like that's the whole league yeah i know i know it was a lot it was almost getting to the point where it's like okay here's another interview who i'm interviewing but uh but now i was thankful for every every zoom call it's it's kind of surreal when you get an email and the going to say warriors is like you know uh we have an interview at 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 this such a time and it's like okay like I'm wearing a button-up shirt. I'm talking to you, to them like this, and uh, you know, you really got to sell yourself, and at the same time, be confident in what you what you talk about. It's it's really surreal, and it's like a real job interview for you know when people go out in the real world, and uh, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, I've I've, I've talked to at least 24 teams, and uh, uh, at least an hour long, uh, and I think I did a great job with just presenting myself. And I've got some really good feedback just on the interview process alone. Did you do anything to prepare for that process? Yeah. Um, for me, I, I got a lot of counsel from uh, some of the you know uh, the coaches back at Baylor, some uh, some of my parents, uh, my agents. Uh, I did do a practice interview, I think one time maybe, uh, but it wasn't extensive. But uh, I just got some tips of of how to um, present yourself, and I think stories do a great great job of doing that. So that's that's one big advice I got. So you're telling stories. 
Yeah, you mm. like you really have to paint a picture for them. Like not stories as in lies, <laughs> but like stories about different situations that you know highlight your character. Um, so tell yeah. us one. We're recruiting you to be on the championship team of buckets, boards, and blocks because we're amazing, and we yeah. we did better than Jordan. We have an eight peat for the record. So mm. tell us a story that yeah. makes us want to have you on our team. Yeah. So uh, a great story I tell about uh, I talk about is um. We were playing in Alaska, playing against Washington, and the uh, week leading up to the game, we did a bunch of community service, like a bunch of, you know, just things uh, on on the base, which is really cool. And it came down the night before the game, and uh, we were kind of tired, and we were all on the bus about to get back on, go back to the hotel room. And Coach Drew was like, uh, "Do y'all do y'all want to watch film?" And everybody's like, "No, we're not watching film. We're not watching film. We're not doing that." And I'm the only one that's like, "No, we need to watch film because." Uh, uh, Washington is watching film tonight, and I'm telling you, that's going to be like the difference. Uh, I don't know if they watched film or not, but I know we ended up losing that game. And I, I don't know if it's because we didn't watch film, but I definitely, I definitely, that's the type of player I am, or the guy on the team. I'm, I'm that guy that's like, nah, let's, we need to watch film because we don't know what they're doing and we don't know, you know, how much work. And I think we, we, we should never leave out a space for, you know, opportunity to get better or be prepared. So when they make the Disney movie of your life and you tell that story, make sure that y'all actually watch the film. And then in the game, it comes down to a game-winning play and you remember that you saw it on film last night and then it's even better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's really how it is. It, it, it might sound, you know, like a Disney movie, but that's really how it is subconsciously, to be honest. That's awesome, Jared. <laughs> that, that's all fantastic yeah. stuff. So look, I've heard some stories uh, from Freddie about random questions that you get asked in these interviews. Yeah, What's yeah, the yeah. craziest question that you've been asked by a team? Man, I, I've had some weird interviews. Uh, <laughs> and probably the coolest question, or the weird, here's the weirdest question and probably the best question that was weird. Uh, the first question that was just weird, I got on the call and one guy's like, okay, one of us is a former rap agent. One of us is a former cow farmer. One of us is a former pig farmer. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you have to guess which one of us is is all three things. And I guessed them all right. Like, I guessed them all right. I was just like, uh, he was like this. I guessed them all right. And uh, I was the only guy. I was the only, you know, uh, guy to ever get them all right. So that started off the conversation. That was probably the weirdest question. But the next question that was probably pretty good was like who would you go to dinner with and uh, if you had to pick three people and uh, it could be you know dead alive or you know whatever past present um mm. and my answer was my answer was jesus christ my answer was oh, Barack yeah. obama and then uh then uh drake so those are my three people that i that i would pick so and it was kind of it's okay. definitely opposite sides of the hmm. spectrum but I, I got all of it I all right <laughs> cool Remix. Let, let, let's remix this question. So, <laughs> remix. If you had to go to dinner with one female celebrity, who would it be? That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Ooh, my, oh, my... I hope I don't get any black for this. Because oh, <laughs> you already know you already know what I'm probably going to say, but uh, this girl named, you know, Margot Robbie, she played in uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. She played in uh, Focus, Margot Robbie, The Wolf of Wall Street. 
You never seen it? You probably yes. Seen it. It's a very. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise this for anybody. But uh, Margot Robbie. That's, that's she's what's she called it? Know. She's Har- she's Harley Quinn too, isn't she? Yeah, Harley Quinn and uh, oh Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what actually you know, superhero movie have you. I'm gonna text King how I feel about that, so he can text you that offline. That's what I'm saying. I'm already knowing. Oh, you know what? Might as well just say it. So you're yeah, big on interracial. <laughs> oh my god. We're not doing that. that. We're not doing that. Mm-mm. You love who you love, and as long as they love you back, tell the rest of my business. But um, like I said, anyway. I knew. I knew. It. I just it comes with it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm I'm happy for you. I you know whatever. Next question. Moving on. <laughs> Not gonna take that person. <clears throat> um, as you move forward, Jared, what is probably the thing that you will remember most? Whether it's a game, a moment, or is it just a sort of nebulous feeling in in the experience of being a student athlete at Baylor? Yeah. Oh, that's a big question. Loaded question. But I think, man. Uh, just my growth as a person. I when I look back at Baylor, or you know, when I look back at Baylor, I just think of a person that you know kind of found himself, a person that you know found something, a hope, and, and something that he can believe in, no matter what circumstance he's in, he's in, and and for the rest of my life. So, I think Baylor's done a great job of just grooming me and allowing me to be who I am, but at the same time giving me you know truth and giving me advice on things that I can I can use for the rest of my life. And that's in basketball, school, just faith, and everything like that. Love it. Now, wait a minute. Don't say anything else, King. So King tried to dog you out, Jared. Like, he tried He tried to get you a little bit. So now it's your turn. It King's is your report. turn. It is your turn King's to talk trash about the scouting report on King McClure, because he tried to play you, dog. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, this is, oh, we can do this. He, he's not going to like anything I'm about to What's say. What's the scouting report on King? King? King, King likes to call himself a big guard, so he's definitely a big guard. Uh, if you're playing one on one, he might he might back you down for the three point line, so you're not gonna like playing with him. He he also has a shaky crossover. His crossover is not that great, so you might you know he's probably like a one direction guy. Uh, some bit of some some good things about him. I gotta say some good things. Uh, some good things about him. I think he's uh, a pretty solid defender. You know he he can he can guard the ball a little bit, and then uh, I think also he's you know he's big enough to to size you up. So you know, those are my scout reports. I don't know. I I, I really I really haven't looked into those games. I'm man, I didn't say one negative thing about you. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you, did. you told me what you, you really said. Did. Your face you said that he's not a defender. I said no, no. I said that he does not shoot that many mid range games, and I followed it up by saying he can do it. I think he can do it. He just doesn't do it much. You're right. talking about oh his crossover shaky. He really can't handle the ball. <laughs> I kill him one on one. He'll he'll back you down for the three point line like he Magic Johnson or something. Like come on, like, come on. You're right. You're totally right. You're totally right. Dang, that's okay. how you doing me. Um, it's King, cool. King, King played four. He, what did you do against Louisville? You brought Baylor from down eighteen. That's tough. At, at the at the Bahamas. Or man, the Bahamas? I, I've done a little bit, bro. Don't let him fool you. He's, he's tough, man. Super tough. Well, you're yeah. a super tough co-host too, King. Oh, you? Oh, oh wait, wait. I you wow, you ruined you. the moment. Forget <laughs> it. I don't even care. I, mean, I, you I still it. don't believe you. You got to show me. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined the moment. Okay, so um, again, Instagram stalking both of you guys. 
Baylor has some super loud uh, uniforms. They match my nails, which are really loud at the moment as well. What was your favorite uh, uniform colorway, Jared? Ooh, that's a hard question. Uh, let's think about the. I like the. I like the the ones we we wore in Alaska. We also wore for a home game. It's like the. You gotta like describe the them because our listeners, we don't, we can't see them. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's like, you know, the digital camo. So it's our white jersey, uh, but in the in the jersey, it's a digital camo within the jersey. Uh, and on the on the back, each each guy has like a different name. Like mine has, I think, respect or honor on it. And the you know those are pretty cool. Okay, are those your favorite two pins, or what's your favorite? My favorite, the grays that they wore this year were. I didn't like nice. them. You didn't like the grays? Yeah, I, I think because I, maybe I played bad in them, but I don't know. <laughs> Nobody's gonna say the highlighter yellow joints. Like y'all don't like those. Uh-huh. Look, I wasn't a big fan of looking like a highlighter every time we played. <laughs> that, that, no, I got tired of that. I mean, we wore it too much because you loved it too much. But I like yeah, the black. Like, all black was probably my favorite. Yeah, the black, black was the favorite. I ain't gonna lie. When we wore the black, I felt like, yeah, a villain coming to it. Yeah, yeah like, like, we were ready. Like, we, we were yeah. turning there, like, make you ready. <laughs> Right. The, those are those are cool. All right, Jared. Well, um, okay. So this is how we wrap up. Wait, King, do you have any other questions for your boy before I hit the grand finale? No, nah, I'm just shocked that he told me my crossover was shaggy. <laughs> I'm still on that. Wait, wait, wait. Before <laughs> I do this, Jared, when you found out that King was going over to the media side, like, were you guys surprised? Like, how did when you found out he was going to be working on ESPN and calling games? Uh, was I surprised? No, because I feel like King can do a lot of things in life and impact people. And uh, so I knew that from the jump, just from my visit. And then uh, his voice is, is, is super deep. And, you know, he got that, you know, kind of commentative voice type thing. And everybody always told him that. So uh, when he told me he was going to be in commentating things like that, I was like, you know, that, that's it. It's okay, cool. Like, I'm supporting you a thousand percent. So, but no, nah, King, King's, he's right where he needs to be, I think. So, no matter what, you know, so. Um. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> Look at you guys. This is just fantastic. <laughs> Hopefully, you know what I'm saying, after you get your name called and all that. When they move the draft to? October 25th? When is it? Yeah, late. It seems like next year, but I think October or something. Well, you know. <laughs> I, still, I still haven't decided whether or not I'm going into the draft or not. You know, I'm, I'm still in that limbo process. Oh, well, yeah. That's the other thing I did want to ask you because you talked about COVID giving you time to play pickup and work on your game. How... Are you concerned about, like, where, I don't know how to ask this question, but, like, the virus is obviously very real. And my soapbox, as I have done, you know, my different jobs and media stuff, has always been mental health. If athletes don't want to go, like, I have the utmost respect for that because we're asking them to take on an additional risk. How do you kind of feel about still having to get work done in the midst of a pandemic? Oh, I think to each his own, for sure. Um as far as athletes having to go play, that's oh, that's that's just that's a to each his own. Like I say, I don't want to you know diminish anybody's feelings about the way they feel and about what's going on, about you know how they feel playing during this this certain time. Well, for um, you though, because you said you're still playing pickup and working out. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, I think, I think, I think, I think I can balance it. I think I can. Still do the things that I, I I normally do probably before the virus. I still I can still do it and still have an impact on the other things surrounding the the situation. So I think I can I can balance both of it. 
<clears throat> but I'm not saying that I know the workload that the NBA guys or you know guys are handling. So I don't know, but I know for for me and what I've been doing, I, I can handle both. You know, working out and getting better but at the same time, realizing the situation that we're in. All right. Well, we certainly hope that you remain safe in your pursuit of doing that. All right. Here's how we wrap the combo here on Bucket Sports and Blocks. King, you need to learn this. You need to write this down so you can do this sign off for yourself <laughs> since you're here now. Anyway. I got you. I got you. All right. The title of the show is Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. You're young, so you can handle all three. Uh, in the, let's see, what's our topic going to be? Let's make it um, 2020, right? The calendar year 2020 thus far. I, matter of fact, I'll extend yours out to this basketball season to this point right now. A bucket okay. is the A++ thing. The thing that you love, you want more of this. Give me more of this. The board is the thing that when you first look at it, it's not so great. It's like a rebound, though, but it has some silver lining. It's a really timely rebound. There's something redeeming to it. And the block is the thing that you would say, get this out of here. I don't want any more of it. So we're going to give you your calendar is your bas- your last basketball season at Baylor up until this point in 2020. A bucket, a board, and a block. <clears throat> oh, <sighs> that's a big question. Can I go... Uh, the one in the middle board a board something that when board, you first looked at board, it board. it wasn't so, so great but it had redeeming qualities to it yeah I think the board is definitely the coronavirus obviously and uh, the situation with you know George Floyd and, and what happened there uh, I think those are definitely two boards that have I think the biggest silver lining in, in, uh, in, in this year or my year this past year uh, and then the 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 and the buckets, the block, and the board. What's the last buckets, board? boards, and blocks. So the block is the thing that you want to get out of here. <laughs> okay, so from a block, I think we need to get out of that uh, that willful ignorance of things uh, concerning information, concerning you know just <laughs> different topics, man. I think I think we need to get out of the of not being not willing to talk about certain issues and keeping away from touchy issues that make us feel uncomfortable because I think for us to be uncomfortable that's that's where growth happens and uh, I think we need to get that out of here you know for sure and then um your bucket for the bucket bucket the bucket the best thing I don't know <laughs> I think uh I think my I think for me personally is it just me personally yeah my bucket Mm-mm. Uh, for me, it's definitely my faith and uh, my relationship with God. I think my relationship with God, God has grown through all the just things in my life, and uh, especially these situations that I've had in the past year. So I think that's something that I need more of daily, every day, every minute, every second. So uh, yeah, look at that, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, sure. Come on, yes, take us to church a little bit on this Thursday when this podcast rolls out. It's not yet Thursday, but it's fine. Um, I love all of those. Definitely always with the bucket and your faith. Um, I think you're absolutely right about the board and Corona and George Floyd allowing our country to kind of step into this moment of reckoning. And then mm-hmm. the block, willful ignorance. There's nothing to add there. Let's get that out of here for sure. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Well, y'all are cool, man. We need to do more of this. So, like, I'm, I want to be a, I want to be a podcast host now. Like, I just want to talk about different things. Listen, when you get drafted, don't act brand new. You're gonna be like, uh, we got to go through okay. X, Y, Z people to get to Jared. Like, you're always welcome. 
heard you. I heard you. I dare him. I have pictures of you on the plane sleep. I got embarrassing pictures of you. I dare you to come forward. I'm selling them. <laughs> that was dope. Thank you to this week's guest, my boy, my little brother, Jared Butler from Baylor University, one of the best schools in America. Just had to throw that out there. My fault. Okay. Thanks also to our producer, Bruce Bernstein, and to our editor, Ben Wolfen. Please check out the other Pure Hoops media shows. This week, the Mike Wise Show features part two of his conversation with Hall of Famer, interesting analyst, Bill Walton. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams has a new show each Tuesday. And this week's guest is Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo, one of the legends in the industry. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin is back on Wednesday. And this week, they marked the 10th anniversary of LeBron James' decision to leave Cleveland and hurt many feelings and take his talents to South Beach. BJ Armstrong is back with Eric Newman on the Pure Hoops podcast, which drops every Friday. Their guest this week is former NBA star Antonio Davis. And Monica and myself are back next Thursday with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Folks, we are not out of the woods just yet when it comes to this COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, we might have a ways to go. So please keep all of the various medical professionals and essential workers, frontline people in your thoughts and prayers. They are putting it all on the line for us and they are truly today's superheroes. Continue to follow social distancing guidelines, wash your hands and wear your mask to protect yourself and others. Don't be that person without a mask on. Please keep working for social justice with our fellow citizens of all races, religions, and creeds who are striving for a more inclusive society that will be better for all of us. If you like Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, please subscribe, rate us, review us, and leave a five-star rating. It would mean a lot. Until we meet again, for my co-host, King McClure, I'm Monica McNutt. Wherever you can find them, enjoy your poops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Across California, school food professionals are using their skills to develop recipes that incorporate fresher ingredients and more scratch cooking. Learn how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.